Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is, what, the 18th of January, 2024, and this is episode 842 of Bitcoin, and uh, wife got sick yesterday, and so there really wasn't a good way to, to bring a show without just annoying the living crap out of, you know, her in the house. Being sick sucks, you know, so you just got to... You got to do, you got to do what's right for your loved ones. And when they're just, you know, when they got the flu or a bad cold, you just, you know, so if you're wondering what the hell happened with yesterday's show, that's, that's what's going on. So I bring you yesterday's show today. Um, what do we got going on here? Oh, um, I guess I need to uh, start this out with, uh, with an admission, all right? My main use of uh social media is now Noster because I got booted off of Twitter. However, yesterday because the show numbers are pretty low. Uh the the amount of people that are listening to the show is 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 been steadily falling for a while and I'm not the only one experiencing this. I've been listening a lot to Podcasting 2.0 uh the podcast from Adam Curry and his partner in crime and I can't remember his name right now it i that troubles me because i should he's what he's like the lead developer when it comes to the actual back end stuff for podcasting 2.0 we're talking like live item tags namespaces the 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 guts the guts and feathers of it and for the last 3 shows they've talked about something called podcast winter and so it's not just me it's it seems to be hitting a lot of the other podcasters is that numbers are dropping so I've built a Twitter account. I know I'm I'm going to catch shit for this. I've built a Twitter account not for my personal thing. I've built a Twitter account, put it up yesterday for the Bitcoin and podcast. I do not know at all if it's going to be taken down. I, I I'm surprised. I'm honestly <laughs> surprised that um that it hasn't been taken down already. <clears throat> I haven't given them a phone number or anything like that. I'm not going to do premium. I'm not going to get a blue check or anything like that. It just seems that I don't like leaving potential on the table, right? So if I can get the word out to more people, uh, then maybe I can get these numbers to come back up because podcast winter is like a bear market. And I don't want to have to actually suffer two freaking bear markets back to back. So please forgive me for the fact that the Bitcoin and podcast is now on Twitter. Um, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm, I mean, I, at this point, I'm just kind of leaving it to chance as to whether or not it actually works for like, you know, past 72 hours. But it is what it is. And, you know, while I depend on on all the listeners to help me spread the word about the show, you can, y'all can only do so much, right? Especially when something like a, you know, a podcasting bear market hits like what we're, we're into now. And this podcasting bear market is even worse. Why? Because all advertising models are broken. Every single one of them. They're broken for music. They're broken for podcasting. They're broken for television. They're broken for the only people that are keeping CNBC and the rest of the mainstream media afloat is who? Pfizer. That's right. 90% of advertising dollars that I see on mainstream media is actually coming from Pfizer. So that ad model is also broken. Why do I even bring it up? Well, I bring it up because I got a guy. <clears throat> I got a guy, and his name is uh, Shishi, by the way. It's Shishi21. You can actually find Shishi21M on, uh, or 
well, his email is shishi21m at protonmail.com. What does he sell? He sells comfrey. You want comfrey in your garden. Yes, it's January. Unless you're listening to me south of the equator, this does not really relate to you. Except it will. Because by the time March hits, and guys, that's a month and a half away. Depending on how far north you are, you're going to want to start getting your comfrey roots in the ground. If you don't know what, what comfrey is, I did an entire show on it. And I'll give you that show number here in a second. But first, you can get one full root for 20 bucks of comfrey. You can get root cuttings for a dollar each. You are going to pay the shipping. I don't know what shipping costs because I don't know where you're from. And I don't know where she she is. I think it's somewhere around the vicinity of Tennessee. But he has two types. He's got Bocking 4, which I provided him the root stock for. He bought it from me when I was back in Canyon. He's propagating Bocking 4. He also has Bocking 14, which is a different variety. Both are sterile. Both grow like gangbusters. And both do not infiltrate into other parts of your garden unless you actually dig them back up, take more root cuttings, and plant them where you want them to be. Once you plant them where they you want them to be, they're never, ever going to go away. You need to understand that. What can they do for you? Make great animal fodder if you got rabbits and, you know, like small livestock and stuff. But mainly it's for mulch because it digs deep into the soil. It mines minerals and other nutrients out of the soil, brings it up into its leaves You cut the leaves off, you throw it down wherever the hell you want to mulch, and it breaks down into the soil as a high-nitrogen, high-nutrient, high-mineral-filled fertilizer. And it's free. It's free. You just keep cutting it, and it keeps coming back. And you cut it off at the base, and it keeps coming back. I've done it, I think I've had, at one year I did five full cuttings. We're talking hundreds, I had like, I don't know, a couple of hundred plants. We're talking multiple hundreds of pounds, wet weight, right? It's not dry weight, but wet weight with water and leaves of this stuff. And it breaks down fast. It gets into the soil. And so what it's doing is it's bringing nutrients from deep down into the soil up into the root zone. So when, as it dissolves, as you cut the leaves, let it dissolve on your, as mulch or whatever, it starts feeding the soil the first six inches, but it's mining nutrients from like a foot, two foot, three foot down, these tap roots go way, way down. And after about four years, they're so deep, they're drought tolerant because they're getting water from something that just always has water in it. This thing, you cannot miss this thing. Anyway, so it's Shishi21M. You can find, or Shishi21 or Shishi21M. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them on Noster. Give them a DM. Or you can email him, which is a little bit slower, at shishi21m at protonmail.com. If you tell him I sent you and you buy something, he gives me a cut in Satoshi's and pays me with zaps over Noster. All right, so there you go. That's the Circle P. It is open for business. And, oh, uh, I promised you to find the Comfrey episode. Hold on. Comfrey episode is going to be episode 726 entitled All About Comfrey, right? It's all about Comfrey. It's an entire show of of everything that I just said and a whole lot more in way more detail. So that's episode 726 of the Bitcoin and podcast. So go listen to that and figure out exactly what Comfrey can do for you. Then go buy it from my good friend, Shishi. All right, let's get into the news. Donald Trump, yeah, I know. Everybody wants to hear about Donald Trump. Well, he said something. He always says something. But this time he said something directly about CBDCs. Let's find out more. Martin Young, Cointelegraph.com. United States presidential candidate and former president, Donald Trump, has vowed to never allow the Federal Reserve to create a central bank digital currency in this country. The pledge came during a campaign speech in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on January the 17th, where the former president said, quote, tonight, 
I'm making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. I will never allow the creation of a central bank digital currency, end quote. The declaration was met with rapturous applause, to which Trump replied, I didn't know you knew so much. New Hampshire, very smart people, before continuing to explain, quote, such a currency would give the federal government, our federal government, the absolute control over your money. They could take your money and you wouldn't even know it was gone. This would be a dangerous threat to freedom and I will stop it from coming to America, he said. Donald Trump, who controversially challenged the results of the 2020 presidential election, announced the launch of his 2024 presidential bid in November of 2022. The 60th quadrennial United States presidential election will be held on November the 5th of this year. In 2023, fellow president candidate uh, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made a similar pledge, promising to nix central bank digital currencies on his first day as president. As Cointelegraph recently reported, DeSantis lost to Trump in the Republican Party primary in the key battleground state of Iowa on January the 15th. The Florida governor has consistently polled behind Trump by more than 10 points since launching his campaign. Vivek Ramaswamy, another contender for the Republican Party nomination who proposed a crypto-focused policy framework, has dropped out of the race. He did so on January the 15th, following the Iowa caucus results, where he finished with roughly, good Lord, 8% of the vote. He has officially endorsed Trump. On January the 17th, former United States Secretaries and Exchange Commission enforcer John Reed Stark said the crypto movement could hold the key to the 2024 presidential election, quote, Every presidential contender should immediately appoint an internal crypto czar, oh great, to serve as the crypto focal point and crypto spokesperson for that candidate. All right. The big the big thing here is what? What do you think? Uh, just adjusting my mic here is dropping a little bit. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, Mike. Mike's being weird today. Everything's being weird today. I got some some issues with Primal. I got some issues with Domus. It's just been a, been a bizarre day. Um, what's the first thing in your mind about this statement from Donald Trump? The first statement. Yet yeah, will he? That's my question. I mean, you know, I remember back in the day, it was the only time that I'd ever voted for a, a Democratic presidential, you know, uh, candidate for president. And that was Barack Obama. And people still think that I'm like, a, you know, either a traitor or whatever. And that's, you know, that was when I actually still believed that you can affect change by going out and, and voting for these idiots. Right. And the reason was simply because of this. He was the first, I'd said, the first candidate in that particular presidential election. Right, the first candidate that actually says the following words will get my vote. I don't care what side of the fence he's on. And those words were, we're bringing industry back to the United States. And the first person to actually say those words was indeed pre- at former President Barack Obama. At the, can- at the time, he was the candidate or a candidate. He didn't do it. He did, he did nothing of the sort. It was a campaign promise that was broken. How many... Campaign promises have you seen that's been broken by all the morons, left, right, center, top, bottom, forward, backwards. It doesn't matter what side of the three-dimensional scale you sit on. If you have any desire to be part of the United States government's or any government's upper echelons, I find you sociopathic. And Trump is no different. I think he's a sociopath. I, I, I think Biden's a sociopath. I think Hillary Clinton's a sociopath. Vivek Ramaswamy, I don't know. I don't really have to worry about his ass. But still, the question remains, is he actually going, if he wins, and oddly enough, he probably will, if he wins, will he actually not allow a CBDC? And if he's only got four years, he, he has, if he wins, he's got, he can do, he can remain president for this next term and that's it. He's out. What about the next guy? Let's say Trump does get in. He does do it. He says no to the Federal Reserve. You can't do a CBDC. Nixes it, whatever. What about the next guy? This, this, 
this tyranny doesn't stop with one president. It doesn't stop with one senator. It doesn't stop with one Congress. It just continues to roll on and on and on. So when I hear speak like this and people pray, oh, yay, he's actually going to save us. He is not going to save you. None of these people are going to save you. Even if they understand what they're doing or they do not, they are here to enslave you. So just understand your money needs to be in something a little harder than some fiat currency. I highly recommend Bitcoin for that job. Now, on to another president, this time way down south. We're going to be talking about President Javier Malay, who says socialism condemns people to poverty. And that's the message he gave directly in a speech to the World Economic Foundation's party that they got going on in Davos, Switzerland, or wherever the hell that place is, and uh, who's writing it up, but Gareth Jenkinson, Cointelegraph. Argentine <clears throat> President Javier Malay believes that a shift toward collectivism in the Western world will inevitably lead to socialism and risks condemning people to poverty. The recently elected Argentine economist delivered a rousing speech at the World Economic Forum stating that the Western world faces a significant threat driven by a shift towards collectivist policy in recent decades. Quote, it is in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the Western world are co-opted by a worldview that inevitably leads to socialism and consequently to poverty and economic deprivation, Malay said. The speech was shared widely across social media platforms, with one Twitter user posting a translated version of Malay's address generated by AI video tool, HeyGen, which mimicked the president's accent. Malay, who became Argentina's president back in December of last year, highlighted his own country's economic plight over the past century as a direct result of embracing collectivist ideologies, quote, When we embrace collectivism over the past 100 years, we saw how our citizens began to systematically impoverish themselves until they fell to the 140th position in the world. And he's talking about the entire country of Argentina's position, which used to actually rank in the top three way back when, like the 1930s. And now it's 140th in all manner of metrics. The Economist went on to advocate for free market capitalism as a solution to drive economic prosperity around the world, saying that capitalism has brought the modern world to its most prosperous point in history. Quote, today's world is freer, richer, more peaceful, and more prosperous than ever before. And this is true for everyone, but particularly for those countries that are free, where they respect economic freedom and individual property rights, Malay said. The Argentinian president said that free countries are on average 12 times richer than repressed ones. These nations also have 25 times fewer poor people in the standard format and 50 times fewer in the extreme format. Malay highlighted libertarian ideals as the foundation for free market capitalism, quoting Argentine professor Alberto Benagas, Lynch's definition of libertarianism, which is based on the fundamental rights to life, liberty, and property. The ideology advocates for private property, free markets without state intervention, free competition, division of labor, and social cooperation, quote, where one can only be successful by serving others with goods of better quality at a better price. The capitalist, the successful entrepreneur, is a social benefactor who contributes to the well-being of society as a whole. In short, a successful entrepreneur is a hero, end quote. Malay also said, that more world leaders are beginning to speak out against shifting socioeconomic ideologies, organizations, and institutions that are systematically oppressing individual liberties. Quote, fortunately, for us, for, <laughs> hold on, fortunately, more of us dare to raise our voices as we see that if we don't confront these ideas head on, the only possible destiny is more state, more regulation, more socialism, more poverty, less freedom, and consequently a worse quality of life, the Argentine president said. Malay, <clears throat> hold on for a second, I'm getting some weird stuff here on my screen. Malay concluded that while many social commentators 
would contend against the premise that the West has embraced socialism, he believes that contemporary government structures do not need to control population to control the lives of citizens. Quote, with tools such as monetary issuance, debt subsidies, interest rate controls, price controls, and regulations to correct alleged market failures, they can control the destinies of millions of human beings. God damn. Getting, he's getting really close to the mark. Malay reiterated that policies that hinder the free functioning of markets, free competition, free price systems, and attack private property have, quote, the only possible destination being poverty, end quote. All right, so if you guys are like, he's seeing a lot of uh, posts on various social media fronts that shows the, the, the Javier Malay standing in front of the big backdrop that says World Economic Forum, this is essentially what that speech was. He essentially trashed every single person in that room. Now I'm going to go back to to the original or to the first story that I talked about with Donald Trump saying that there wasn't going to be a CBDC. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? I do not trust Javier Malay. Doesn't mean I don't like him. And it certainly doesn't mean that I don't like what he's saying here because by God, I do. Like I said, the man's hitting as close to the mark as anybody that I've ever seen that is actually speaking live up close and personal. And you're not reading words from like somebody like Hayek who wrote shit 50 years ago, right? Or, or longer than that. You know, you're not reading it from a book. This guy's got a beating heart. He's standing up in front of a whole bunch of other people. I'll, I'll just call them people for now and telling them that what they're doing is wrong. I'm honestly kind of, in, in my opinion, and I don't know because I'm not part of that milieu, but I would imagine that that takes a lot of guts because you're what he's doing is essentially he's alienating himself from this entire ghastly group of ghouls sitting out there in the audience that have literally had the life drained out of them through being forced into corruption so that they can have their money. And that's the way this shit works. I, I, whole, I wholeheartedly believe that statement, that every single one of these people that are just the wealthiest people in the world are wealthy because they're corrupt and that they weren't going to be able to get that wealth unless they allowed themselves to be corrupted by somebody else. I don't know what, I don't know who has what, on whoever, any of these people that are in this audience at World Economic Forum, the people that go to IMF parties, those guys, there's something critically wrong with all of them. The fact that they want to be there is your biggest red flag. And here we've got this newly elected president who comes out of nowhere from Argentina that used to be in the top some people actually contend that Argentina was the richest country in the world at one time. I don't know. Not sure. But I know it was top three, at least top five. Comes out of nowhere. Gets invited to World Economic Forum. He decides to go, much to the chagrin of Bitcoiners around the world. Stands in front of this entire room full of ghouls and tells them they're doing it wrong. Do you think he's going to be invited to any of the after parties? Probably not. So I, if I compare this to what Trump says about no CBDCs, I actually trust Javier Malay more. I don't trust him. But if I have to put a scale on it, I trust Javier more. And honestly, that's kind of weird because it's not even my country. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying. But the point being, that's what's being floated around. So I gave you basically the guts and feathers of what Javier Malay has been saying in the speeches you see all over, all over, you know, Twitter. So if you don't want to go to Noster, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you, you, or you keep seeing these things on those platforms and you're wondering what the hell is being said, that's what was being said. And he's talking essentially to a bunch of people that includes a crowd from the European Union. Which is next up, Stephen Graves is writing for Decrypt. The European Union provisionally agrees 
to tougher AML rules for crypto firms. Oh, great. The EU Council and Parliament has reached a provisional agreement on parts of an anti-money laundering package that would require crypto firms to follow even stricter due diligence requirements in a statement The European Council said that the new rules will cover most of the crypto sector, requiring crypto asset service providers, or CASPs, to conduct due diligence on customers carrying out transactions of, oh my God, 1,000 euros or more. Due diligence on customers carrying out transactions, 1,000 euros or more. I'm sure that you probably can't buy a good refrigerator in the European Union for a thousand thousand euros. Just saying. The rules also include measures <clears throat> to mitigate risks in relation to transactions with self-hosted wallets. There's that there it is. They're going after the self-hosted wallets. That's the key. It's not just that it's bad that it's a thousand euros. It's self-hosted wallets. There, we are firmly in the then they fight you phase. CASPs will also be required to conduct enhanced due diligence on cross-border payment uh, or correspondent relationships as part of the rules. Another provision establishes an EU-wide maximum limit of 10,000 euros for cash payments, which the council claims will make it harder for criminals to launder dirty money. Businesses will also be required to identify and verify the identity of individuals carrying out occasional cash transactions between 3,000 and 10,000 euros. The deal will now be finalized and presented to the European Parliament for approval, quote, if approved. The Council and the Parliament will have to formally adopt the text before they are published in the EU's official journal and enter into force, the statement reads. The provisional agreement comes as part of the EU's sixth anti-money laundering directive and the EU single rulebook regulation. Lead MEP member of the European Parliament, on behalf of the Econ Committee, Ludek Niedermeyer, said in a statement that, quote, We will close the plethora of loopholes that exist and which make life far too easy for money launders. He added that, quote, In the digital age, we must also make sure that data are available quickly and can be processed effectively. Last year, the United, or United States, the EU passed... The Markets and Crypto Assets Legislation, that's the MICA move, a wide-ranging legal framework that imposes a unified approach to crypto asset regulation across all 27 member states. Among its provisions, MICA establishes clear rules for CASPs or CASPs requiring them to adhere to common standards regarding security and AML protections. All right, let's shake that off. Unless you're in the European Union... We can shake that off, but not for long. We've got to stay on guard because that kind of crap is going to come here. If you are in the European Union, I don't know what to tell you, but this is hardcore. This is about as hardcore as I've seen. We've seen some pretty hardcore stuff, but now they are expressly mentioning self-hosted wallets. They're going to make a play. That is the 6102, the Executive Order 6102 play where everybody had to turn in their gold in the United States. They're going to make that play. And for some countries, it's actually going to happen. And the people of those countries will have two choices. One is to just leave and go to a country that actually respects people, respects their property, and respects their money. Of course, which is part of property, but you get my drift. Two... To just say fuck you and not do anything at all and keep your Bitcoin in, in your self-hosted wallet, i.e. cold storage, that you control with your private key and continue to actually operate and buy goods and services from people that accept Bitcoin that are also brave enough to, to basically say, no, we're not going to do this. Will people go to jail? Absolutely, people are going to go to jail. I, I I wish it didn't have to be that way. But there's never been a revolution in world history that didn't have the bodies of the dead or the, the bodies of the prisoners strewn from jail cell to street corner. It It happens. This is, it's just part of history and it's going to happen again. 
I wish it wouldn't. I'd rather just go fishing or, or something like that. But sadly, we live in a time where we as people are not respected in the least, in the least manner whatsoever. I, I really wish, I really wish it could be different, but it's just, it's just not going to be different. But then we've got people like BlackRock, which is the largest asset manager in the world outside of a federal government. And just so happens, BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF has now hit $1 billion in assets under management in a single week. Coindesk, Shara, Malwa, and Ian Allison is going to tell us just a little bit about it. BlackRock's spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund hit the $1 billion asset under management mark on Wednesday, becoming the first of the recent cohort of Bitcoin ETF providers to hit that milestone. The asset manager's iShares Bitcoin Trust started trading January the 12th. Quote, we are excited to see iBit reach the milestone in its very first week, reflecting strong investor demand. This is just the beginning. We have a long-term commitment focused on providing investors access to an iShares quality ETF, said Robert Michnick, which is head of digital assets at BlackRock. Okay. Now, now, it's kind of difficult to understand what the hell's going on with how these things are priced. I understand that. But there is a little bit at the very bottom of this story that says, iBit closed Wednesday, the, the iShares Bitcoin ETF thing from BlackRock. It, on Wednesday, it was trading at $24.41 per share and trades at a slight premium of 0.42% relative to spot Bitcoin. Right, so you're, if you buy BlackRock shares, well, not right now because we're seeing a price, to a pretty pretty decent red candle on Bitcoin right now. We'll get to that in a minute. But at the time that this was written, when you were buying shares of BlackRock, you were paying actually more for the shares than the representative Bitcoin that that share represented. So here we are. We've got some, we've got some, some, we got, there's wiggle room between the actual spot Bitcoin ETF price and the actual spot price of Bitcoin on exchanges. And we've got a giant red candle. We've got massive outflows from like, all like shit. I can't, it's like, what was it? uh, uh, I can't remember which company, but they closed up their futures Bitcoin ETF after two years that has been on the market. They were like, after they got their um, um, spot Bitcoin ETF, after they got that, like two days later, they announced that they were closing the futures ETF fund, which means, I guess, that that's one of the reasons why we're seeing these downward spikes. We're, I think, and some people disagree with me. I've seen it said that there's no liquidity. I'm calling BS. I think right now, we have the most amount of Bitcoin liquidity on the open market that, that that we've ever seen. And it's, but it doesn't last long. It's almost ephemeral, right? Like liquid, like somebody liquidates a shit ton of shares out of a futures ETF. So they liquidate the Bitcoin out of it so that they can take it all that cash and rebuy in spot Bitcoin ETFs. We are seeing that across the globe. We are seeing that from futures go moving to spot. Everybody wanted the spot Bitcoin ETF. We're going to have to ride the wave, bro. Even though that wave doesn't look good. That wave is, 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 is a crimson red right now. It's ugly. And I wish it wasn't that way, but with all this shifting in the markets going on from like, you know, the futures is basically whole futures markets, just basically saying, you know what? No, we're done with this. We want to move to spot. And then you've got like spot ETFs that have already been done in Germany and Switzerland and Canada, and their outflows are flowing into the United States spot. So to do that, they have to sell the Bitcoin. Now you've got miners in Texas that have basically had to shut down because of record coals, uh, cold again. Thank you. Global warming. So they're selling their Bitcoin to meet bills. Don't freak out. It's hard not to freak out. I get it, but just stay the course and we'll all get through this together. Now let's run the numbers. 
CNBC futures and commodities, it looks like I got oil is West Texas Intermediate is up almost two points. $73.93. Brent North Sea likewise up 1.32%, but natural gas is taking another dive. 5.85% to the downside going to $2.70 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline is up one and a half points to $2.16. Gold is up 0.68%. Silver is up 0.6. Platinum is up 2.65. Copper is up slightly and palladium is up over two points. Ag is all in the green except for lumber, which is down. But the biggest winner today is sugar, 3.67% to the upside. Live cattle trading up almost a full point. Lean hogs are down a half. Feeder cattle are up just over a full point. The Dow is down a quarter of a point, but the S&P is up just slightly. NASDAQ, however, is up one full point. S&P mini is down a quarter bonds what are they doing well let's find out looks like they shifted um half in the red half in the green so 30 20 10 7 and 5 have all increased in yields everything else is basically decreased in yields but the 10 year which is one of the benchmarks here is for yielding 4.13% so do with that what you will as with this the ice us dollar index is flashing for the United States dollar further crawling its uh, crawling out of the trough that it built for itself down at a low. The local low was 100.99. It has gained since 3.5% or 3.5 points. Uh, Bitcoin, as I said, is having a a weird day. $41,640.60. Average transaction values are just over a Bitcoin. Median transaction values are $56.66. Block times, as you imagine, are high because of the Texas thing, 10 minutes and 50 seconds. We've got 0.9 BTC taken in, re- in fees in a per block, on a per block basis and 116.6 taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. Uh, 12.85% increase in hash rate. I think that's delayed, but we're at looking at 462 exahashes per second. Doge is your shitcoin indicator. Likewise, the entire market is having a day. 7.8 United States pennies yesterday or the day before it was 8.1. So there's that. Uh, $813.6 billion of market cap is 5.9% of gold's market cap. There are 4,855 BTC in the Lightning Network valued at just over $200 million. 14,646 nodes on the Lightning Network that we know about and can see, and 59,382 payment channels that we are aware of. 79.9% of all that's being run over Tor. Uh, Mempool, let's see what it's doing. Looks like 544 blocks carrying 289,000 unconfirmed transactions waiting to clear at high priority fees of 101 Satoshis per V-byte. That's about $5.80. Low priorities, you're going to get it pushed through 64 Satoshis per virtual byte. Uh, It looks like, let's see what uh, mempool.spaceMining says. Okay, this washes with BitInfo charts, 461.3 exahashes per second at this time. Let me uh, just... Looks like we've got a, there's been a slight bump in actual hash rate. But again, hash rate is, is weird to count. It's, it's a weird calculation because you just, you can't take a census directly from the mining machines that are on the network. You literally have to do it through different means. So it's definitely not the best indicator whatsoever. So take it with a grain of salt. But the Texas mining, uh, the Texas mining, companies have basically shut down at least right now as far as i know because of extreme cold in the lone star state now i haven't been on the fountain charts in so long i can't can't even remember if you guys want to help me out i'd appreciate it god's death did with 1370 says thank you sir no thank you and uh balinorge I think is how you pronounce it with a thousand. No note pies with 121 says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. And that's going to do it for the morning. No, actually for the weather report. 
Welcome to part two of the news you can use. We're going to start this one off with a GitHub readme from Hermes, a non-custodial lightning address messenger with fediments. Listen closely to this one. Hermes is a non-custodial asynchronous lightning address server that uses Fediment eCache on the back end. The protocol flow of Hermes is as follows. First, you register. Now check this out though. It's not like what you think. Users register their Noster public key and username with the Hermes server. This registration process creates a lightning address for that user. All right, so are we talking about Fediments or are we talking about Lightning or are we talking about Noster? All of it together. Let me read that again. Users register their Noster public key and username with the Hermes server. This registration process creates a Lightning address for that user. The registration requires a small fee in eCash or Lightning. So that's a probably a defense against bots. Now, receiving payments, and I don't see anything about sending payments, so let's just figure this one out. Receiving payments, number one, the sender follows normal LNURLP protocol hitting well-known and callback endpoints. Two, Hermes server creates a Fediment lightning gateway transaction based off of the receiver's Noster public key and returns the invoice to the sender via the callback endpoint. Three, sender pays the lightning invoice, which the lightning gateway immediately completes by locking eCash into the receiver's public key. Four, Hermes server sends a notification to the receiver that they have received a payment. When the receiver's Fediment finally, sorry, number five, when the receiver's Fediment client next connects to their federation, they scan for the payment and reissue the pub key locked eCash. Now, the final thing about this, it says, current implementation is a bit different. Hermes receives the eCash and sends the notes to you, but the above is the goal to be purely non-custodial and is pending a few changes to the Fediment client. Note, the Hermes server cannot spend your eCash. It is locked to the user's pub key. It doesn't even need to send you the notification. Your Fediment client can scan for the payment all on its own. The notification just makes the scan faster by telling the client to look for a specific payment or set of payments. And then it's got some instructions on running the the Hermes server, uh, which I won't do because that's not here. What's important about this is that this this is the way that I'm thinking about it. It's using Noster as a bridge your Noster inpub not not the not the Noster protocol this is just the inpub it's using your inpub from Noster to connect lightning network to eCash and fediments which means it's bridging between the two so lightning payment can become eCash eCash can become lightning both can use each other's networks. Do you, do you see what the hell's going on here? If you don't, let me put it to you like this. When the Lightning Network white paper dropped, what, five years ago now? It didn't get all, like, people were going, oh, well, this is kind of cute. Could work. Eh. And then look what Lightning became. This thing, this thing is a monster. If this works, I don't know. I just being able to lock funds to your inpub, and only you, when control of your the of the inpub by through your insec, right, is going to be able to actually do anything with that cash. It's very much like a Bitcoin transaction. This more important than ever to make sure that your Noster NSEC and NPUB key pair is very well secured or start spinning up another one, another key pair, because this is going to change everything. It's going to change everything. 
if it works. We were saying the same thing about lightning. Well, if it works, you know, but we didn't think it would change everything. We just said, eh, if it works, it's going to be very, very helpful. This one, watch out. This one is awesome, except it has to actually work. Okay, so if it doesn't work, then I don't give a shit about it, but I'll bet it's going to work. It looks like it's already working as far as the testing is concerned. When they spin this up, you need to learn how to use this. I'm going to say it three times. You need to learn how to use Hermes. You need to learn how to use Hermes. You need to learn how to use Hermes. Please do it. Now, on to Spiral, which has granted support to Dan Gould and Ezra for work on PayJoin. They say, quote, 70 plus grants later, we have our first twofer. It goes to Dan Gould and Ezra, two devs working to improve PayJoin, which allows parties transacting in Bitcoin to coordinate payments before posting to the blockchain without third-party intermediaries. Okay, well, if you didn't get that, you'll get it now. Hold on. Quote, this advancement reduces fees, increases block space efficiency, and enhances privacy and fungibility at the time of transaction with low communication requirements, even compared to Lightning, with which it is compatible with. You see how that just connected to eCash? Because it's connecting to Lightning? Lightning is starting to kind of turn into a hub. Do you get it? Quote, the PayJoin dev kit consists of an SDK, documentation, and educational materials to raise awareness, facilitate use, and deploy PayJoin and related technologies and new and existing software was stated in the announcement. Okay, so let's go back up here and let me read you this, this one sentence. Allows parties, this PayJoin SDK, right? It's going to allow parties to transact in Bitcoin and coordinate the payments before even coming close to posting it to the blockchain. So what they're doing is they're doing a whole bunch of coordination work up front. If I want to pay you and I'm using this and how this is going to be deployed, I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. But let's say that I get a nice little client that says, hey, would you like to coordinate a payment with KidWarp? And I send him some Bitcoin and I say, yes, sir, I certainly do. This is going to allow lots of questions to be answered before the payment is even seen by the blockchain. And I can see how this will be an efficiency gain. How much efficiency gain? I don't know. Again, above my pay grade. But just, I mean, we're just notching it and notching it and notching it. But the fact that this pay join is compatible with Lightning and if light and since we just got off the fact that lightning is compatible with eCash, I I don't see how the European Union I don't see how they're not well you just you can't have um they they're just saying that they don't want people to be able to have self hosted wallets. They're not even looking at this yet. They haven't even seen this. They have not put together lightning Noster inpubs, eCash fediments, and PayJoin preconditional transaction settlement. They haven't put those, they have they don't know about any one of them at all except Lightning Network, they probably heard about. They might have heard about fediments. They have no idea about Noster. And yet we're using inpubs to connect Noster and Lightning. Or uh Lightning and, and, and Fediments. And now here comes PayJoin, which can integrate with Lightning. They have no idea what they're up against. That's the only reason why I don't get depressed in this space is because every single time one of the ghouls comes out of the woodwork thinking that they're going to stop something, the water just diverts around it. That's what water is good at doing is finding a way around obstacles. And that's why it's so important to remember Bruce Lee and his entire thing about be like water. This is why. This is why you want to be like water. Now, the UN, the United Nations, they have a report. They just released it. And it attacks Tether 
for facilitating global crime. This one is brought to you by NoBSBitcoin.com. Quote, online gambling platforms, and especially those that are operating illegally, have emerged as among the most popular vehicles for cryptocurrency-based money laundering, particularly for those using Tether or the Tron blockchain, said the report by the UN Office on Drugs and Crime. Quote, USDT on the Tron blockchain has become a preferred choice for regional cyber fraud operations and money launders alike due to its stability and the ease, anonymity, and low fees of its transactions. Law enforcement and financial intelligence authorities in East and Southeast Asia have also reported USDT as being among the most popular cryptocurrencies used by organized crime groups, demonstrated by a surging volume of cyber fraud money laundering, and underground banking-related cases. We are disappointed in the United Nations assessment that singles out USDT highlighting its involvement in illicit activity while ignoring its role in helping developing economies in emerging markets completely neglected by the global financial world simply because servicing such communities would be unprofitable for them, Tether said in a response. Another quote. The monitoring of Tether tokens through our collaboration with global law enforcement, including the DOJ, FBI, and USSS, which was recently onboarded as the te- on the Tether platform, ensures unparalleled monitoring surpassing traditional banking systems that for decades have been the vessel for laundering substantial sums proven by the fines that have been levied upon them. Quote, Tether tokens using public blockchains make it possible to meticulously track every transaction making it an impractical choice for illicit activities added the company. So we were really pissed off at Tether because they onboarded the FBI and the DOJ for that matter. And I still don't, I still don't like it. However, I don't use Tether. I don't give a shit. All right. I I just, I don't see the need for me using Tether, but I'm not the only person on the planet. Millions of people use this thing. And they've onboarded the DOJ and the FBI. Okay, fine. Let them do whatever the hell they want. And then, maybe that's why. Maybe they knew that this report was being worked on at the UN. And they were like, we're going to front run these sons of bitches. Watch us. And they call up DOJ and say, how would you like to be partners? So now, what happens to this report? It doesn't have a whole lot of teeth. Because the DOJ and the FBI are onboarded by Tether. Unless... Tether is lying about that onboarding, but I get the feeling we probably would have heard statements from the FBI and the DOJ that they have absolutely no relationship with the guys over at Tether, and we have not heard that. So I'm going to make an assumption that the DOJ and the FBI are indeed partnering with Tether, and Tether is giving them the information that they want, which is one of the reasons I won't use it. But the UN's report now is rendered what? kind of null and void, but they're still attacking. Why? Because they are, we are living in the, then they fight you phase. Now onto the IRS. And they're saying that taxpayers do not have to report $10,000 Bitcoin transactions as cash until further regulations. Again, no BS, the treasury department and internal revenue service issued an announcement informing businesses that they do not have to report the receipt of digital assets in the same way as they must report the receipt of cash until the Treasury and the IRS issue regulations. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, which came into force on January the 1st, requires businesses to report crypto transactions worth more than $10,000 as if it were cash. The provision is a matter of a lawsuit brought against the IRS by the crypto lobbying group Coin Center reports the block. The law requires taxpayers engaged in trade or businesses to file a report, quote, including the name, address, and social security number of the person from whom the funds were received, the amount received, and the date and nature of the transaction. If you don't file a report within 15 days of receiving the transaction, you could be found guilty of a felony offense, according to Coin Center's Jerry Brito. Announcement 2024-4 provides transitional guidance as Treasury and the IRS implement the new provisions. This particular provision requires Treasury and the IRS to issue regulations before it goes into effect, IRS said in the statement. 
quote, Treasury and the IRS intend to issue proposed regulations to provide additional information and procedures for reporting the receipt of digital assets, giving the public an opportunity to comment both in writing and if requested at a public hearing. Also interesting to note is that this claim that the law requires the Treasury Department to issue regulations before it goes into effect is in the press release accompanying the official announcement. The official announcement doesn't make any such claim. Instead, it just says that one doesn't need to count digital assets towards the 6050i reporting. That's, I guess, the IRS form. The problem is that Congress has said otherwise, and the IRS does not have the authority to second-guess it. It's very confusing, added Jerry Brito. Yeah, that is confusing. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. Do you report the $10,000 gain? Do you not report the $10,000? What do you do? I mean, the, the Congress said that you have to, but the IRS and the IRS has to do it. But Treasury is telling everybody to wait for, for further regulations. Yet they're already here. Maybe we're not entering the age of then they fight you. Maybe we're entering the age of then they fight themselves and you just watch and eat popcorn on the sidelines. I don't give a shit because I got people like Wavelake who yesterday marked their one year since launch. And since then, 500 artists with nearly 5,000 tracks have been uploaded. Congratulations to Wavelake. Uh, we're going to need a lot more, a lot more artists to get onboarded. 500 is a lot. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying that there's a lot more than 500 artists out there in the world, and they need to be able to attach directly to the people that listen to their music so that I can pay them directly without the middleman. And then if they want to go record an album, then they're going to have to pay for it out of pocket. And maybe I like that album so good that I give them money directly so that they can pay for the next album. This entire middleman from, you know, Columbia Records and Capitol Records, the the old Capitol Records, Sony BMI, all that kind of stuff, all that shit can end. If more people like Wavelake come up and more artists just get fed up. It won't be the top artists because I think they're compromised just like the people over at Davos is. Like what's, oh, what's her face? This famous chick that's running around on her heiress tour. I'll bet you she's compromised. And that's why she's so successful. That's why she keeps getting pushed in the media. Her music is mediocre at best. It's, there's nothing different about her actual music. Yet she's everywhere. Why? Because of media. And Adam Curry says this one thing that I really believe. Unless your music or your particular piece of art is just so terrible that humanity itself as as like a conglomerate just decides this is just bad art, then all art is good and potential, has potential to be famous art, whether it's a famous song, a famous painting, a famous movie, if it's just put in front of enough eyes enough times. And that's why Taylor Swift, I guess is her name, that's why Taylor Taylor Swift and the people like her are famous. It's not because their art is any better or any worse. Like I said, it's middle of the road for me. I've been around a while. I've seen music like this. There's nothing different about it at all at all. And yet it's everywhere. And I have to ask myself why I think it's because she's been compromised and part of the compromise compromising deal or the deal of which she allowed herself to be compromised was you're going to be rich and you're going to be famous, but you got to do what we say. We, when we tell you that you've got to do X because we want the people of the world to do X, then you have to say it. Otherwise, we're going to burn you at the stake publicly through reputation. Who knows? But I think that she and other people like her are compromised. And that's why they're in front of everybody. Now, if you ever saw the movie with Ralph Macchio, the the kid that played in The Karate Kid, the second movie or the movie he made after The Karate Kid and I think Karate Kid 2 came out and he became super ultra famous, he played in one more movie at least 
that he that that everybody went to go see because it was Ralph Macchio playing in it, and that was called the Crossroads, where he was a guitar player and he made a deal with the devil at the Crossroads. That is an old myth, or not myth. That's a, that's an old story. You know, there's there's several people that have talked about meeting the devil at the Crossroads, and it's like just auto you know stories that are passed down from generation to generation, and they make a deal with the devil that they're on a they're on a journey doesn't actually have to be on a road, a physical road. You can just come to a crossroads in your life. But it's generally speaking, it's always represented as an actual crossroad of roads out in the middle of nowhere. You're walking out there at night. You don't know what direction to go. You just know you're on a journey. And then all of a sudden, the devil pops up and says, I'll make you a deal. You sell me your soul. I'll make you rich and famous. And you'll be able to play the guitar like you've never thought you were ever going to be able to play the guitar or sing, or play the harp, or horn, or whatever it is, right? It's the same thing. It's the same story. These people, they they come to a crossroads, and they decide they're going to make a deal with the devil. And when they do, when they sign that contract, they sign their soul away, that's it. Forever. Forever. There's no getting out of that deal. No getting out of that deal. Unless God or Jesus themselves come down and and breaks the contract. There's no getting out of that deal. You made that deal, right? So that's why Wave Lake and the people that are, that are coming to Wave Lake, these are the artists that I want to present to you. That's why when I play music at the head of these shows, before I record for people that are listening to just the audio only, you're not hearing any of the music that I play, but basically I just put up wave Lake and just let it go for like 10, 15 minutes before the show even starts just so that some of these artists and their QR codes that you can tip them are presented to you. And if you're watching the, the live stream, you see it and you can whip out your phone and you can throw them 15 sats. And I hope people are doing that. I really do. We need all these people over on platforms like wave Lake. We need it, and we need it as fast as humanly possible. Uh, A guy named Augie, A-U-G-G-I-E, is new to Noster, at Augie, A-U-G-G-I, agroforestry, regenerative agriculture, low time preference farming, whatever the hell you want to call it. Anyway, he started a list. I'm going to give an address of that Noster list in the show notes, and I know that people are having problems with the show notes it's because I use, I guess it's because I use SoundCloud. I don't know. I haven't been able to figure out a way to rectify it. Even Markdown doesn't seem to be working for me. But if you have, if you want to get a hold of me on Noster, you know where to, it's none your business. You just find me on Noster. If you don't know how to get a hold of me, just ask somebody that you do know to point you in the right direction. I will get back to you and I will throw you this list. He's looking for regenerative farming regenerative agriculture, agroforestry, permaculture guys that are south of the Mason-Dixon line in the United States. So talking about like Alabama, Texas, Colorado, Southern California, shit like that. Southern United States. He wants to find the the, uh, people that are are on Noster that are doing permaculture, agroforestry, regenerative agriculture. Um, Help them out. Help them out. Help them out. Because I kind of want to see that list as well. All right. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I think that's it. So that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Dad says jokes. I recently took a poll and found out that 99% of people in a tent were angry when it collapsed. That would do it. I want to hear uh, the same joke about pole dancing. I got. I, I might have to have to write that one somehow or another. Pole dancing is is going to be. I took a pole and maybe the stripper fell down. Who knows? Um, go look at the Fediment stuff. All right. Go look at Hermes. That was the thing that I brought you about the 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 integration of Lightning Network and Fediments and eCash via your Nostra Public Key. It's called. Hermes, like the god. And what is Hermes the god of? I think it's the god of messaging. Uh, Hermes, let me, let me find out here real quick. Uh, god. Uh, ooh, Hermes began as a god with strong 
Chthonic or underworld associations. Psychopomp. Wow, that's messed up. <laughs> Hold on for a second. This is messing me up. Hold on. I got to. Oh, okay, okay. Hermes was the ancient god, Greek god of trade, wealth, luck, fertility, animal husbandry, sleep, language, thieves, and travel. This is an excellent, this is an excellent God for us. Wealth, trade, luck, fertility, animal husbandry, sleep, language, thieves, and travel. That covers everything. That covers family. It covers wealth. It covers entrepreneurialism. It talks about, I mean, animal husbandry by itself includes ranch and farm. Good sleep, we all know what that means. Being able to talk to each other, language. The fact that we are regarded as thieves by anybody, any of the ghouls down there at Davos. And travel, which is what Bitcoiners seem to be doing a lot of. Going to conferences, going to Madeira, going down to Costa Rica. I'm loving this name. Hermes is a perfect name for this. Go look, just Google Hermes Fediment or search for it on primal because their primal search actually works fairly well. If you're on, if you're using primal for Noster on desktop, just use the search function, type in Hermes and Fediment, and you will probably find it. I don't have anything else to tell you about. So I'm going to go ahead and just say, I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.